This is MSCI Perspectives, your source for weekly research insights as investors respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Adam Bass, and today is September 3rd, 2020. This week, a look at the Fed's newly stated approach to inflation and the impact it could have for fixed income and equity investors alike. For details, we spoke with Chen Lu Zhou, Executive Director on MSCI's Multi-Asset Class Factor Research Team. Chen Lu, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm glad to be here. There's been a lot of news coverage the last week around the Fed's annual Jackson Hole Conference, and that's what we've asked you here to speak about. But before we get to the conference, which, like so much else this year, took place virtually, I wonder, how have you been dealing with so much of work and life taking place online? Definitely. Um, for my part, despite you know all the challenges that we're all facing with staying at home, working remotely, I've been really trying to take advantage of it by spending more time in the nature. I, I live really close to Berkeley Hills. I'm trying to go on daily little hikes there more frequently, and that's been very helpful for my sanity. So important to maintain that space and maintain your sanity. Now, as we said, there was no face-to-face in Jackson Hole this year, but there were some real-world effects nonetheless. High-level, Chen Lu, what was the Fed's announcement? Um, of course. So with this announcement, what Fed has seems to be suggesting is that they will allow inflation to run a little bit hotter for a little longer and that they won't rush to raise interest rate without a clear evidence that inflation has achieved the long-run target. That sounds like a pretty dramatic change, no? It, it, it does sound like a big shift on the surface. Um, however, we should note that even back in early 2019, before all the COVID crisis had hit, Fed had actually stopped raising rates quite abruptly back then. So I would say this announcement, what it does do is to make this strategy more formal and sending a signal to the market that it will maintain a low interest rate, but it's not completely surprising to the investors. So it's, in essence, putting a formal stamp on a practice that investors have already grown used to. I would say so, yeah. So given that, how has the market reacted? Uh, what What's it telling us about what's on investors' minds? Right. So in terms of the market reaction, first of all, the 10-year break-even inflation had recovered from a very low point of only 50 basis point back in March. And now it's as high as the beginning of the year. And secondly, the equity market had responded quite positively and they've been setting some all-time highs, as we've seen in the past week or so. So I would say overall, the, the um, market's confidence, investors' confidence have been reinforced by this announcement. In terms of what are on the minds of the investors, I actually attended a conference last week uh, where a lot of the largest asset owners and asset managers in the country are there. And I would say there were a couple of themes that stood out to me. The first theme was with interest rate being so low at the moment and also expected to stay quite low for a while investors are thinking about how to reach their return targets and they're searching for yield. The second theme is 
with all the talks about the loosening of monetary policy, some people are, I think, quite reasonably worried about what if the inflation rises in the future, in the longer run, and what implication it might have on the financial market. So let's take each of those in turn, uh, starting with the search for yield. It's certainly not a new concern, but as you mentioned, it's one that folks may have to contend with for longer now. What have you seen there in terms of investors who are looking for a steady stream of income? Yeah, um, so I think there are two thoughts come to mind. Um, First of all, from the perspective of large asset owners, for example, pension funds, who really rely on a steady stream of income and who historically have had a significant allocation to treasuries, uh, tips. Now they are taking a harder look at other assets that may offer higher income because rates are so low. And and those assets may also come with higher risk. Relatedly, from the perspective of the fixed income managers, they are seeing a potential spillover effect of all this liquidity that's being injected into the market. So they see that all this liquidity might go into higher risk categories, such as high yield corporates, emerging market, or even private fixed income assets. So a lot of interesting trends to watch there for sure. Have we seen any of this money shift into higher risk fixed income assets so far? I I think that's what people are starting to see. But I think that's something uh, we will have a clearer um, understanding in the longer run. Fair enough. So secondly, inflation, always on investors' minds. Inflation has been relatively stable for the last 20 years or so. What kind of effect has that stability had on the markets? Let's start there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The inflation rate in the U.S. has been very stable for the past two decades. One of the most important outcome of these two decades of stable inflation is that the rates and equity market tend to move together. And in the past two decades, they have a positive correlation of about 40%. So when economy is doing well, equity market would price in a higher earnings, pushing the price higher. And central bank tends to raise interest rate in the economic expansion as well. Because of this correlation, bonds and equity have been very good hedges to each other. And a lot of investors really rely on that feature to diversify their portfolio. One strategy is the strategy of um, risk parity, and it's really taking advantage of this correlation. So if people worried about this uh, correlation to go away, then that could hurt such strategies. Have we seen this effect during other times of rising inflation? That's actually a relatively recent phenomenon, this correlation. However, back in the late 70s and early 80s, when in the U.S. and much else in the world, inflation was very high, we saw the rates equity correlation being in opposite signs of what it has been recently. So I think it's not unreasonable concern. If inflation does become more unpredictable, this diversification effect may be no longer or weaker. So like fixed income investors, those on the equity side will 
need to rethink their portfolios. One of the articles that I mentioned at the top uh, was actually an opinion piece by John Authors on Bloomberg. I want to read you a quote from that. It said, while the Fed has demonstrated immense power to move markets and asset prices over the last decade, it has shown no similar power over the economy. Now, his point was that the Fed supposedly allowing inflation to rise doesn't mean inflation will, and that the Fed has not seemed to be able to make it rise, in fact. But when I read this, what I thought about was the disconnect between the economic data and the markets, which continue to set records. Can you talk a bit about that and what you've seen in the models? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really great question. Definitely something on my mind and on a lot of people's mind, this dislocation between Wall Street and Main Street, as, as they call it. Um, so let me take one step back first. Back in March, around the time when the market was at the bottom, we, using our macroeconomic model, did a uh, reverse stress test. So the idea was we try to understand what scenarios, what economic scenarios had been priced in in the equity market back at that time. We found that one explanation could be there will be a big blow to the short-term growth. There might be little or moderate long-term shock to the GDP and a lot of fear for the uncertainty. And that could have explained um, that drawdown back then. So given all the news in the market, the new highs, I've been taking another look at the same test this week to see how things have changed, where, where they are today. And one thing I found really fascinating was even if I use the same assumption about the economy, basically, even if the outlook on the economy hasn't really improved, we could actually explain the majority of the rebound by two things. One is there is a sharp decline in real interest rate. And I would say that is mostly thanks to the Fed's action. And the second thing is a complete reversal of the fear that I mentioned earlier, meaning that investors um, seems to have regained confidence in the outlook of the market, if not the economy, but they're so confident that Fed will keep supporting the market and they're no longer afraid. So that's been really fascinating to me. Very interesting. I'm curious, again, going back to history, have have we seen this type of dislocation between the data and market performance before? Uh, in the data that I have studied, I think this is probably the, the one of the starkest contrasts I've seen. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Chen Lu. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Good talking to you. That's all for this week. Thanks to Chen Lu and to all of you for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week when we'll speak with Brian Reed about the impact of missed rents on real estate portfolios. Remember, it takes just a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or share with a friend. Until next week, I'm your host, Adam Bass, and this is MSCI Perspectives. Stay safe, everyone.